How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, guys, well, welcome back to the Dad Tired Show. So glad that you're here and hanging out with us again today. Again, if you just stumbled upon the podcast, we're really glad that you did. Uh, we're just a bunch of normal dudes who are trying to figure out what it looks like to lead our family well. And so if that's you, like you don't really have that figured out, but you're really trying to figure that out, you stumbled across the right place. Um, we've got a Facebook group. We've got over 11,000 guys in this group from all over the world who are trying to take this stuff seriously. So if you're not part of that, this is a great time in life to, uh, with all that's going on and us being stuck at home, to get involved with other dudes who are just trying to, you know, be like you and who are like-minded and trying to lead their family well. So uh, we got a great interview today. Um, It's a guy named Nathan Sutherland, and Nathan is going to specifically talk about technology, addiction to technology, how to raise our kids through a gospel-centered lens when it comes through technology, but also... Like even if this has, if you're like not involved at all in tech or you don't care at all about tech, although that would surprise me a little bit because you're listening to a podcast, but if somehow you're like, you don't really feel like tech, you know, applies to you at all. The things that Nathan is going to say in this interview honestly apply to anything, whether it's work, hobbies, sports, like all the things. There's going to be a lot of practical takeaways for you personally as a dad, but then also for you just trying to raise kids who love Jesus as well. So I I think you're going to love this interview today. It's very, very helpful. A lot of practical stuff in it, but also gospel-centered stuff. I know during this time, I've been trying to just like keep my kids entertained and figure out ways to just not have them stare at a screen all day, every day. Uh, We actually live in a townhome and we have no yard and it's been dumping rain in Oregon. So we've literally just been stuck in the house for days and it's, we're going a little bit crazy. So in the middle of that, I'm trying to figure out how to just keep them entertained, but also not like rot their brains. And so we talk a little bit about that today in this podcast, but I did want to let you guys know about this brand called Osmo and Osmo makes these games and apps that go along with your tablet and it's really incredible stuff. I actually got these for my kids for Christmas and the first time my kids played them, they were playing this game where you can draw, they give you like this whiteboard and you can draw on the whiteboard and the things that you draw come to life in the app on the screen and it's absolutely incredible for kids. So like if you have kids that love to draw or are artists, um, this is just one of the many, many games that they have. Um, but my daughter will draw these things. Like she'll, there's this little game that comes up. There's a monster that says, hey, draw me a bed or draw me a light or whatever. And so, so she'll draw this on this whiteboard and the tablet actually captures it in real time and then pulls it up. So this little character will pull it up off of the whiteboard into his story and incorporate the drawings of your kids exactly as they are into the the story that he's telling. And the stories are different every single time. It's seriously remarkable. Every time I watch him, like, how are they doing this? Uh, It's it's incredible. So I highly, highly recommend this if you uh, are looking for ways to keep your kids entertained during all this time. And they have a bunch of educational stuff, tons of like coding stuff, entrepreneurial stuff. Like my son plays a game where he has to run a business, a pizza shop business, and like he'll, he'll just spend hours on it. And he's like learning math and customer service and... It's just, honestly, I can't rave about it enough. Even before uh, Osmo became sponsors of our show, uh, the reason they become sponsors is because I loved them so much. I reached out and said, I love what you guys are doing. Can you please help me out and get some discount codes for our listeners? Because you guys are just creating incredible stuff. So go to Play Osmo. So that's two words put together, playosmo.com. And they're actually doing 20% off all their kits and their games right now through April 11th during all this craziness that we're all home. So pick up some of their games and their kits that they have. Again, you can go to playosmo.com and get that, or you can just get it Amazon, Target, Walmart, Best Buy, wherever things are sold. They've got it all there. And they're still doing that 20% off promotion through April 11th. So again, go to playosmo.com or any of these retailers to get yourself an Osmo device and your kids are going to be amazed. That being said, let's dive into today's episode. Nathan, so excited that you decided to hang out with us today. Thanks for coming on the Dad Tired Show. For the audience who may not be familiar with you, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days, man. 
Hi. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Nathan Sutherland. I am with a nonprofit my wife and I started called Flint and Iron. I'm a former teacher as of about six months ago. I've taught for 11 years in the middle school level. And uh, my wife and I run uh, this nonprofit focused on sparking positive purpose in youth. And our main focus right now is what we call gospel tech, helping families connect our daily tech use to the gospel so that we can love God and use tech. That's amazing, man. Uh, what what was like your heartbeat behind that, starting something like that? Uh, well, it started with uh, teaching, where I really realized mm. three lessons. I, I realized that everyone's got potential, that little choices matter, and that it's never too late to be great. And in starting to speak to kids about that, uh, my wife and I very quickly realized that we were coming up against the edge of kind of uh, not preaching the good news. We were just preaching news, right? It's, mm. It was the book of James without the gospel. Uh, it was a lot of law and there was very little hope in it. And I came back from a series of talks uh, after a big long weekend of, of speaking and talked to my board, my wife. And I was like, man, we can't do that full time. Like we'd been three years into nonprofit work at that point. I was part time teaching uh, and then trying to start this new fledgling business thing. And I basically went back and said, hey, remember that whole plan on how we were going to make this work? We can't do that. I can't have my full time job just telling kids what they should be doing and not giving them any power to do it. And so gospel tech was kind of born out of this passion of, man, if we're going to see kids' hearts changed, we really need to reach their parents. And that led us to gospel tech. How did the, like, how did the technology piece become a big factor in that or a big component in that? Well, that, that comes from kind of my personal tech testimony, if you will. Uh, I've been a gamer for as long as there have been video games basically in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, so right around six, my dad brought like the original Nintendo entertainment system home. And then worth like $20,000 probably. Today. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Ever since the little mini ones went nuts and sold out. Uh, and so we played a lot of Mario and Duck Hunt and there was just something about video games that like clicked for me. Hmm. There was no term of like a gamer growing up. It wasn't something you identified as. Uh, yeah. You just kind of hit it and you talked to like you talked to it with kids that you figured out kind of like the same thing as you. This is hmm. pre-internet. Uh and I just knew that I liked video games. I still played sports and did other stuff, but for me, video games were kind of that thing to get back to. And that was through high school, through college, and into adulthood until eight years ago, actually. So late 20s, uh, when it was like 2.30 in the morning and I realized, oh my goodness, like I don't have control of this thing. Like this is definitely mm -hmm. using me, I'm not using it. And it actually came down to so that was a Sunday morning, 2.30. Uh, I had set a timeline for myself. I only gamed when my wife was sleeping uh, and I wouldn't, you know, I want to stay married. But I realized like, man, I've got a job, a master's degree. I teach, I coach, I'm involved. Uh, I have a wonderful wife, but I actually am getting through stuff uh, to get back to it. And so my heartbeat for people in tech is realizing God really took my heart there, challenged me to give up gaming, uh, which... We may return to this topic. I don't know, but I'm not against gaming. I actually still run a club about gaming, but I don't game. Uh, mm. And the idea behind that is God asked me to faithfully give up this thing that I was looking to for hope instead of him. Mm. Uh, and out of that, I started working with young people in young life and realized speaking was awesome. And that led me to start a nonprofit because I realized speaking to young people was more than just my teaching job. It was something bigger than that. And so uh, giving up video games actually led me directly to this conversation with you. Yeah. <laughs> so it the, the tech part was recognizing, man, I looked for hope in tech. It wasn't there. And God corrected that and used that amazingly for his kingdom, uh, for his glory and for my good. And my hope is when we love God and use tech and keep it in that order, man, we can see young people reach their potential because uh, this is a huge area of distraction for adults for our young people. And it's an area we often try to fix with more rules, more law, or just, well, you know, it's not the worst thing you could be doing. And so we're just kind of fine with it and kind of trying to navigate. Well, yeah, like we're not just going to fix our kids. They're not a problem, but we need to see the gospel lived out. And if I believed that God is my greatest source of hope and joy, that should impact like who I talk to online and how I talk to them and what games I play and my search history, right? Like all that will be changed when I live out the gospel. So uh, that that's kind of the, I guess, the short story long. Yeah. How, <laughs> how long were you married when that, when that like epiphany? Uh, oh my goodness. So let's, let me work backwards here. So we've been married six years at that point. Okay. And kids, no kids? No kids yet. Uh, there's a longer story on that. It was a really providential timing. Um, 
on, on when I was given that wake up call. Cause the poo was about to hit the fan six months. We went six months after that decision, we hit the hardest kind of 18 months of our life. Uh, mm-hmm. and if I'd had video games as my outlet and not Jesus, I, I don't know how that would have been. I just know it wouldn't have been pretty. What was so hard about the 18 months following? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that was what I say, May. Uh, so in the next six months, we would find out we were pregnant with our firstborn. Uh, and then a couple months into that, we'd realized that that, uh, pregnancy was really complicated, mm. but they didn't know what, uh, they just knew it wasn't good. So they were going through, Oh, it might be trisomy 18. It might be, you know, um, all this, all, all these different guesses at what it was. Uh, and they figured the baby would pass really quick. Um, and then like a week went, so we were doing like, you know, every other day and they're like, well, the baby's still here. So we're going to go to every week and then every other week. And, uh, pretty soon we're six months into this pregnancy and they start talking about, uh, birth options. <laughs> and mm. we're like, so is the baby going to live or not? And basically we were, uh, given the terrible opportunity to plan a, a birthday and a funeral, uh, for mm. our firstborn son, Daniel. And, uh, there's no, like, I mean, I'm, I'm seven years removed now from the actual birth of Daniel. We've had three kids since we're super blessed, but that doesn't go away. Like you don't get over it. Uh, mm. and I know that if I'd had like, I actually vividly remember thinking like, if I had video games right now, no one would blame me for running away and just kind of hiding in a hole and making mm-hmm. video games. Like I need something to release. And, uh, I also was hundred percent convicted that God did not want me to use that. So I mm-hmm. had to be prayerful and I had to deal with this ridiculous fear. Like the fear I I've never had a fear like that of, of having to go to the hospital and mm-hmm. knowing you can't fix it, knowing medicine has no hope for you knowing the doctors have already told you that it's just a miracle that the baby's even made it this long. And then meeting your son, he lived for 10 minutes, mm. uh, which was amazing. Uh, cause Oh, the, the, it was called amniotic band syndrome. Mm. So normally they die really early, but he had lived, he'd grown to full size, but his lungs hadn't developed cause they were constricting his chest. So his heart grew oh, at the gosh. expense of his lungs. Um, oh, but in that season, we got to see God's incredible faithfulness. Um, it was not something we're still not okay with it. Like, and then to be very clear, like when you talk about joy, we're not like happy about it. Um, but God was really good in that. And we fell more in love with each other and we got to meet Daniel and our whole family got to meet him. Uh, mm. And that is a ridiculous blessing, which I would never been someone, but when we were heading to the hospital, he was born two weeks before expected, of course. Mm. So people were like all over the state, they weren't like waiting for this because we had a yeah. planned C-section. Uh, and... Uh, and someone goes, grab a camera. And I was like, why? Like, this is the last thing I want to remember. Mm. Um, but it turns out that life is life and uh, that it was still a blessing and that we cherish those pictures we have with Daniel. And uh, so with giving up my video games, I had not developed a lot of like <laughs> how to deal with stress skill sets. Yeah. Like I had six month running start. So I'm really glad it wasn't, you know, a six day running start, but uh, that was really hard for me and coming out of that recognizing, man, like those video games weren't even bad. Like video games were not the problem. My heart was the problem. I actually mm. trusted video games to make me happy more than I trusted Jesus. Mm. And if push had come to shove and it had come to gaming and my wife, I would have picked gaming because I would have believed that gaming was what was there to make me happy. Mm. Um, and I know a lot of people that's work. That's never been my problem. Uh, I've <laughs> just not, <laughs> I've never been that hard of a worker. Uh, but, but really like, I just have never dealt with that or athletics or competitive, right? Like it's never been my thing. My thing was always the adventure and the heroism of video games always spoke mm. to me and always kind of drew me out. And what God's shown me is, man, I put that in you like that desire for adventure and desire for, um, social and being together and helping others and kind of the, all the stuff you get from a video game is just a simulation, right? It's a, it's fake adventure and you're finding identity in that. And you're, you're not being who you could be. You're not being the husband you should be to your wife. You're not being the son you should be. And when you have kids, you won't be the father you should be. So, um, that was a huge ordeal for us. Uh, I would say in looking back, the Lord was super faithful in, just reminding us of his goodness, of pushing us deeper into his word and in worship together, of reaching out to people and getting counseling and support because we just, we, we couldn't do it. And all the people who loved us well, weren't people who tried to fix it, right? They just like, Hey, this stinks. Like we're going to be with you. And I really realized the value of, 
um, just kind of spending that community with people, being present even in suffering. Uh, and so that, yeah, that all led us to this spot where we're like, man, wow. video games cause me to not be present. That's my thing. But technology causes a lot of us to not be present. Uh, right. And we often turn to it for different forms of, uh, yeah, satisfaction that uh, are varying for a lot of people. But in our story, that was that was a huge deal. And now that I have three kids in hand, uh, four total, we have a six-year-old, four-year-old, 10-month-old. Oh, yeah, 10-month-old for another couple of days here. So uh, yeah, she she's a delight. But it's been really cool to be able to recognize that this is a season we're given and we need to be faithful with the few years we get with these kids. Yeah. Just for context sake, like yeah. how much were you playing? Like what, what was the, yeah, that's, so that's the crazy part. I actually wasn't playing very much, uh, mm. compared to a lot of my friends. So I began to kind of have these inklings like, Hey, something might be wrong with my game. And I, I kind of feel uncomfortable after I finish always after I finish never before I start. Uh, yeah. I was playing maybe 10 hours a week. Okay. Um, all evenings and weekends. Uh, and the problem was, is that I was thinking about it, you know, 40 hours a week. So yeah. every down moment I was thinking about my video games, reflecting on my video games, planning for my video games, trying to figure out what I could kind of cut corners on to get back to my video games. Uh, and yeah, it was, so it had kind of become this all consuming passion of mine, which is a thing for me. It, it happens when I just, I fixate, uh, and and at 2.30 in the morning, I'd pray to prayer. I said, God, if you if you would just help me control this, I really want to be a faithful son, a good husband. I want to be good with this ministry of teaching that I've got. Uh, so would you help me kind of manage this? I just don't want my gaming to get out of control. I told myself I was going to play kind of 10.30 to 12.30. And then I died on a level. And then I died on a level. Then I right, like then the other group died on the level. And I had to die with them. I was playing an online game. And uh I, it was two thirty when I finally rage quit and was like, man, like I have to wake up in four hours. <laughs> I don't want to tell yeah. Anna that it's cause I'm tired because of video games. Well, that, that Sunday, uh, May 15th, would that be 20, 2011? So we're like eight and a half years now. Uh, I went to the church and the, the pastor was giving a sermon. He's talking about addiction, which was unsettling, but I was willing to sit through it. And he basically said, Hey, if you're praying for God to help you control your sin, you're praying the wrong prayers. God doesn't wow. manage sin. He kills it. And that was one of those just like daggers to the heart where you're like, I'm going to try to justify this. But like, I know that I know that that was like Holy Spirit just like sitting on me. Like I prayed this prayer literally like six hours before, right? Uh, Lord, help me manage my sin. And he's like, yeah, no, I don't manage sin. Like you need to kill this thing. Uh, and so prayerfully we did. I do want to say, for any gamers out there, uh, this is not anti-gamer. If you are kind of feeling some of the weight of that, I'll just say this. Uh, three weeks after that situation, so after May 15th, I had not played games. I was out in my yard digging a hole, not like super morbidly, but like semi-morbidly. I was doing some gardening, but I was like, I stopped digging this hole. I was like, Lord, you mean to tell me that the rest of my life is wake up, go to work, come home, do some work, go to bed, rinse and repeat until I die. Like mm. gaming is my thing. This is my outlet. I always made sure it was like my wife never once was like, hey, you play too many video games. Like I just, cause I was super good at hiding it. Yeah. Right. Um, but I always had this unsettled spirit and the Lord just said, hey, are you going to, are you going to trust me? It's like, do you, do you think you need video games? That was my argument. Lord, I'm not satisfied. I think I need video games. And he's like, do, do you need video games? Like, if you don't get video games, you're telling me you can't be happy. Like, do you trust me to make you happy? And I was like, that's a little unfair. Like, that's a little Peter-ish. Like, I've read those verses. I know the answer to that. But in trusting the Lord, like being given joy in things uh, that I didn't, I didn't enjoy. Like, I didn't enjoy. I didn't volunteer at all. Right. I, those were my gaming hours. I'm not going to stay up for hours late at night with a bunch of teenagers doing young life stuff because that's that's my time. That's what I yeah. get. And uh, and so it was, yeah, it, it was a process, the Lord kind of breaking me of that. And uh, it wasn't a lot of time, but it was a huge heart issue. Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about, you're talking about gaming, but I mean, you could exchange those, swap out that term for a million different things that guys can relate to. Like, even as you're talking, I'm, I'm not a gamer. I've never really been into games. Um, but as you're saying that, I'm like thinking through all the other things that I swap out. And I love your heart for like connecting uh, technology and the gospel, even that your ministry is like deeply connecting those two things. Yeah. And I think a lot of guys are going to be, be able to relate to this at some level, whether it's work, um, things that they're swapping out, like 
things that they're chasing after that aren't even necessarily bad. Like you keep saying, like gaming isn't by itself necessarily bad right. um, yeah. or sinful. And so maybe guys are like just working too much or they've got some cool hobby that they're really into. But I think the heart of what you're saying, which I love and I appreciate, and I think a lot of guys can relate to is like, is that your source of joy? And do you believe right. that if that went away, you would no longer find satisfaction? And right. that's like a very serious, like deep question that all dudes need to be asking themselves right, right. now. I'm asking myself that um, yeah. as you're as you're talking. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, that is that is very much the heart. And uh, to recognize that these things come. Yeah, that the joy we have in the Lord has to come above the blessings that God gives us, which includes our family, right? Like I can have joy in the Lord even when I'm losing my son, uh, because I know that God didn't give me my son to to bring me infinite joy. Like that's not Jesus would be uh, optional at that point, but that my son is given to me as a blessing. In this case, a broken world stepped in, uh, but it didn't mean God loved him any less. Uh, it doesn't mean that God loves me any less. It means that this is a busted up world, and so I think. You, you can see that, right? I can now turn to my kids and say, well, they're not video games. I'll, I'll dump my purpose and direction to them. Like that's, that's not either. Like we got to keep first things first. And so, yeah. yeah, that, that keeping the truth of the gospel, that God saves sinners so that we are saved for this world, not from it for good works that he has planned for us by his Holy spirit through the work Jesus has done. And that way we can love our wives. We can love our kids. We can even love the things he's given us a passion for whatever that is. Um, and not, rely on those things to give us our hope and our purpose that's a good word bro um yeah, <laughs> practically like for the guy so yeah. for you day to day when you were like all right i'm giving this up and now i'm out in the garden yeah <laughs> oh man like, oh, where, man. Where, do you, where do you actually so we say like all right i'm gonna replace like i'm gonna strive for i'm gonna step into the hard stuff or i'm not finding satisfaction in gaming or for you know fill in the blank for for right. whatever dude for whatever it is yeah um so I'm not finding it there, and now I'm going to find it in the Lord. What does that mean on like a 2 p.m. or a 9 p.m. on a Wednesday night? How do you find joy in the Lord when you know you could just like go get a quick fix by playing a game or X, Y, Z, right? Like yeah, what does it yeah, look I mean, like to actually find joy in the yeah, Lord? Yeah, I mean, it starts with you got you to be fed in the Lord, right? You got to be rooted. And this is the John 15, 5, like we have to abide in Christ so that we bear fruit. Joy of the Lord is the fruit that we bear. It's not something we go strive for and climb the tree and rip it off and say, ha, I've got the joy of the Lord. Mm. Um, it, it is something we stand for. So uh, the first thing we had to do is put scripture into our minds and hearts. Um, you have to be reading the word. Uh, yeah. It's not because we gain our righteousness by that. It's because that is the, the food that God has promised us um, to feed our souls. And in that, he uses his Holy Spirit to convict us. Uh, then we have to be connected in prayer, praying with our wives, praying with ourselves, not fancy stuff. But uh, if we look at the Lord's prayer, right, it constantly is putting us back into that posture of worship for our everything so that whatever we're doing becomes worship. Um, so that when I run into that wall of man, I wish every once in a while it still hits me. I mean, I'm eight years in, so it's not as big, but every once in a while I get this deal like, man, if I just had X, like then I would feel satisfied. Um and the Lord pushes back on that. It's like, all right, like, do you trust me? Like, I've given you gifts and passions and interests and opportunities. Um, are you pursuing those faithfully? Uh, and so I would say we put the word in our heart. We have to pray and uh, follow where the Lord leads. Um, so the Holy Spirit's going to guide us to opportunities. So for me, that was young life because a passion of mine is young people and a gifting of mine is speaking. <laughs> and mm -hmm. And then we quickly realize, oh, like it's not just teaching that I enjoy. Like I enjoy bringing truth to people and, and challenging them and telling stories and being a part of the conversation. Uh, and so it was not like eight years ago, the Lord laid on my heart to start a nonprofit. In fact, eight months ago, I didn't even know we would be a gospel centered nonprofit. Um, I just kind of thought we would be talking to young people about their potential and their purpose uh, and doing that in the public school format. So I think if it's 9 p.m. and you're like, man, a or B activity sounds really good right now. And you have that heavy conviction. Like that's something I need to not turn to for my hope. Like, I guess I would challenge you to, to look to the word, to look to prayer and to uh, look to what interests, passions and giftings God's given you, because there's a lot of stuff you can do out there that brings joy to you. And that glorifies God. That isn't just sitting and studying your Bible. Like that's important, but honestly, like the Pharisees and Sadducees were super good at studying their Bibles 
and they were super self-righteous about it. And yeah. Jesus called them a whole lot of very accurate and terrible names, including, but not limited to sons of Satan. So <laughs> I think we, right, like the, right. just, it's not like, man, give up what you like and read your Bible all the time. Cause that's not the point. The point is Jesus. And the, the process is being connected to him. Yeah. You, you had talked about how, like a lot of the things that you were longing for, you were finding in games, the adventure or longing for adventure and even social and like conquest, like all these things that you were looking for, you were finding. Um, and then like, where, where did you start to find those things outside of games that you felt like were more healthy? Obviously young life was part of that, like giving up, trading those hours to now pour into young people. Were there other things? Yeah. Well, there's, yes, there is. Uh, so I would just say, again, I want to point back, I'd, I'd mentioned, like we've all been given gifts, passions, interests, right? And that comes out of where we talk about the body of Christ and everyone's equipped uniquely. Uh, so I would say, as I share this, these are because these are things that I've been kind of uniquely wired to like. Um, so for like board games were something that I was introduced to. Now, when I thought board games, I thought like Monopoly. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out that board games are really hard to get overstimulated with, right? You don't get the rate of rush that you get with the video game. So a lot of the unhealthy stuff for me goes away. It's really hard to overplay on your own. It's possible, but really hard. Uh, and so like, that's another thing where now I'm required to be in social situations. Uh, and they're, they're all the art and the beauty and the, the kind of adventure of it. It can still be there. Uh, I'm not just going to say because it's a board game, it's magically good. There's a lot of games I think people should avoid at all costs. Um, but that was something for me. So I got into board games and then because I was working in school, like I started a board game club at school and got kind of this fringe group of kids. They're not in sports. They're not in theater. They're not, they don't really have a spot to land. And they started coming to that. That then led me to starting that video game club. I'd mentioned, uh, they call it ILOSA. I did not make up the name, but it's the international league of super acquaintances. This is what happens when you let a bunch of eighth graders. Yeah, dude, that's intense. Take a club title. <laughs> yeah. So ILOSA started and, uh, to the point where like I met last night with, four of them, uh, two are seniors, two have graduated from the group who came last night. There's probably 12 total who are seniors or recent graduates. They started in eighth grade. And we have this kind of ongoing conversation where we talk about games, but we're not playing them. We, we talk about games, we talk about life. So we kind of do like a happy crappy, uh, and basically became like this mentorship process where I get to share a life with these guys talking about what they're interested in meeting where they're at, uh, and using something I'm passionate about, but I can't pursue personally, right? I'm not playing video games during this. So I'm asking them all questions like, Hey, what do you like about that? How's that work for you? Like, Hmm. what else are you doing? And so for me, the Lord, yeah, took me out of my little personal shell and, uh, used that passion for other stuff, but, uh, didn't give me back the ability to play, uh, with a clear conscience. And that's an important thing to know if you have. So I would say we, we do look to a lot of different things for our hope. Um, and so for me, gaming came in as a, as a board game aspect. Uh, my writing picked up after that. I realized that, Hey, I actually enjoy just like narrative writing. And that was not something I'd ever done before, but I would like stress, write. Like I would get these seasons of like so much angst built up that I just like want an adventure. I'm like, fine, I'm going to make my own. Like I'm going to sit down and write this out and like Yeah. And it wasn't to get published or anything. Like it was just something I would finish writing after 90 minutes or whatever, and just have like a, like a rush. Like I wouldn't be able to fall asleep at night because Mm. I was just like, so pumped up having like got these ideas out. And that is not something I'd ever experienced. Uh, I thought that was just for hippies who had lots of feelings. Um, (laughs) and it turned out that I either was one of them or it was just something I hadn't recognized about me yet. So, uh, those are, those are kind of the the things, the more creative rather than consumption side, where it was taking passions I had and and making something using them rather than just kind of consuming and entertaining using them. Yeah. I hope guys really capitalize on and focus in on that last line that you just gave. Cause I think that's really the point there is really like asking for any dude that's listening. It's like, all right, what am I spending a bunch of time on? Is the Holy spirit convicting me that maybe this isn't the right use of my time? Should I be giving this up? Is this, am I trying to like manage sin or is this like just a thing that maybe I've gone overboard on and really then starting to think like, all right, be self-aware enough to understand what is God trying to reveal in me? What, what gifts has he given me? 
that I can start to use these same gifts in something else that glorifies him, that's for my good and for his glory. And uh, yeah. that's not like you just said, that I'm not just consuming, but I'm actually creating and giving and I'm being part of. And it's part like I love the fact that you're stepping into mentorship and discipleship and you're still using the exact same gifts. Right. So God yeah. gave you all those st- skill sets and gifts and unique uh, characteristics of yourself. But now you're using them for his glory, um, yeah. which is awesome. man. I love that. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying today's episode. I just want to take a minute to thank our longtime friends and they've been a sponsor of the show for a long time, Blinkist. Uh, I've told you guys about them. I know a lot of you guys use them. I've been using them for years, but Blinkist is an app that you can put on your phone or your tablet that really will condense down thousands and thousands of books into just 15 minutes or less that you could either read or listen to. And uh, I know, I just know for a lot of us as dads and husbands who are working and got a lot of stuff going on that it's really hard to find the time to actually sit down and read. And so for many of us, you're thinking like, do I have time to read that book? I really want to read the book, but I don't know if I'm going to want to buy it and read if I'll have time to read the whole thing. What Blinkist does is it will allow you to download these books and you can listen to the 15 minutes or just, you know, the, the read the 15 minutes and really decide like, okay, that's a great book. I'm actually going to buy it and spend the time to actually read it, the, the whole book. Or you can just say, you know what? That was great. I took took away the, some key takeaways there, but I don't think I'm going to have the time or want to spend the time to read that whole book. And it just allows you to go through, again, thousands of nonfiction books um, and really figure out like which ones you want to read or just get the nuggets from each one. I listen to Blinkist all the time. Sometimes I'll listen to a couple books before I go to bed. When I'm traveling a lot, I'll listen to the books as I'm traveling on airplanes or when I'm making a commute. And the cool thing is we have a lot of guests who have been on the Dad Tired Show who are now part of Blinkist and they have books on Blinkist. One of those is John Mark Comer, his new book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which is one of my favorite books of the year so far. Uh, Everybody Always by Bob Goff is on there. He's been on our show and has that book. And then The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. He was recently on our show. You can listen to the 15-minute version of his books. Uh, on Blinkist as well. So anyway, with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you, our Dad Tired audience. If you go to Blinkist.com slash tired, try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash tired to start your free seven-day trial. You'll also receive 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash tired. What I'd love to just encourage, so kind of stepping back from my little like tech focus, but to just kind of provide this encouragement to all the all the dads, like there is a lot of this kind of, I don't know, I don't know how to, it's almost like fear of missing out, right? You have like this FOMO of like, uh, like, the next step of like, I've, I've taken the next thing. I'm, I'm on my journey. A lot of times in our, uh, like I'm in my mid thirties now and we reach that stage of like, did I, did I do enough? Like, am I, am I reaching the goal? Like, am I where I should be? And the should isn't always like where God wants me. It's like, like I've got a, a buddy in my town who's the same age as me. He has five kids. He's a, he's a doctor with two practices. Right. And I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like I'm a, I'm a, full-time nonprofit worker right now. <laughs> I don't know that I maybe I'm headed the right direction, but rather than the comparison side is to look at your life and go, all right, does this thing that is on my heart and my mind right now from this conversation, does it affect my relationships or responsibilities? Um, so those things that I've been given or the people I've been called to disciple, right? Where it says love God, love others and make disciples. So does it impact my ability to do those things? Does it affect my uh, enjoyment? The things that God's uniquely wired me to love. So for me, that's the adventure and the the kind of um, social aspects of things. Uh, does it affect my sleep? A lot of us are willing to forgo sleep and don't realize that faithful sleep is a huge thing, uh, mm-hmm. that it impacts our emotional intelligence, our ability to kind of uh, process ideas and uh, handle uh, our aggressive tendencies specifically. Mm-hmm. That orbital frontal cortex is really affected by a lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so being faithful with getting the sleep we can and the sleep we need uh, does it affect our emotions? So do I have high highs and low lows and does it affect our time? Like, can we keep a time commitment? Uh, can we make time for what's a priority in our life? Our kids, our family, our calling. Um, and I would just challenge that. So it's, it's a little thing I, I give to families called the reset and that's just the relationships and responsibilities are emo- our enjoyment, sleep, emotions, and time. Um, so whatever it is, 
we can look at that and have kind of a, an idea of at least, man, is this something I actually need to address or, hey, I'm doing fine. Like I just need to be faithful with it. That's a great gauge. A lot of wisdom in that. Really, really helpful. Um, remind me your, your kid's age. My kids are six, four and 10 months. Okay. Six, four. We have similar, uh, gaps there for, with our kids. Um, okay. so my son right now, he's eight and, um, yeah. he is, has discovered Minecraft. We've never had video game consoles or anything, but yeah. he went to a friend's yeah. house. Uh, <laughs> yep. we were hanging out it's with them. We were all, we're all together. They, uh, they're like, Hey, we're going to play Minecraft. Or our kids play Minecraft. Is it okay if Elijah plays? I'm like, I, th- I think so. As long as we're like right here, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, they started playing Minecraft and then it just like a switch flipped in my son's yeah. head. Yeah. And, uh, he like talks about it all the time. So we do no screen times during the week. Yeah. And then, um, and then Saturday and Sunday, they get an hour a day. Yeah. So yeah. Saturday, they get an hour, Sunday, they get an hour. Yeah. And it's literally all he talks about. Like I'll pick him up from school today. <laughs> And he will talk about how many days are left until Saturday. Oh, man. Like, yeah. I feel, what? What'd you say his name was? Elijah. Elijah, man. Yeah, that's good. So, All so right. I'm like, D- what do I do? Like, I'm just ready to throw this <laughs> iPad into the middle of the freeway. Yeah. And, and have it just cr- like, I don't want to hear about Minecraft one more time. Yeah. Um, so dude, help me, man. Like you, you, what do I, what do I do in this situation? <laughs> I, well, first of all, just know that you're, you're raising a young Nathan right there. Uh, yeah. that is, that is how some of our brains operate. And some of the the podcast listeners are going to feel that be like, yeah, I'm there. It's not Minecraft, but like, I know that feeling of like, when can I get back to that next thing? Uh, I, I think with Elijah, it is really important to, to have that conversation about, man, like, is this, is this, this seems to be taking over your mind, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And to be allowing him to kind of recognize, like, what do you love about that? How does that work for you? Uh, I think the reset will help. Like, hey, buddy, like, I've noticed this is taking a lot of your time. Like, this is, yeah. you're not playing it, but like, your thought life belongs to God too. And you need to make sure that that's not getting in the way of, your ability to do stuff. And I, I would assume it probably affects his emotions based yeah. on whether he gets it or not and yep. his enjoyment of stuff that he used to love doing. And he may not love as much now because this kind of new passions moved in. Um, and that's not bad. Like it's not bad for kids to find new ways to express what they enjoy. What we're looking for is when a new interest and generally an entertainment interest eclipses these passions they've got. And I'll, I'll use an example from my son. So my son's six, uh, the oldest Owen, and he's super intense. Like he's kept a calendar since he was four. Uh, that Dang. is not that is not for me. That is his mother. Uh, he will. The other day he looked at me. He's like, Dad, do you think today was a gold star day? And I was like, Buddy, like we didn't teach you gold star days. Like that's just something, like he's deciding if he deserves a sticker oh, for the day, right? So funny. when when I look at Owen, like he's super determined. He's very focused. And if he goes and does an activity and he becomes lethargic or he becomes kind of passive in the process, like that concerns me, right? Mm. Um, so I now I'm looking at, hey, buddy, I'm seeing a change in, in just kind of who you are and, and the way you're wired. And I see this behavior is tied with this activity. Like we're going to adjust whatever this activity is, tech or otherwise. And I think when we see our kids have joy and have hope and have excitement and then kind of abdicate that because there's this really easy way to feel a lot of those same feelings, we just have to speak the truth and hey, there's there's nothing wrong with Minecraft, but it is designed to be habit forming. Like that is just the way it has been made. Yeah. They, it's a it's a game that was paid six billion dollars for, right? Microsoft wow. dumped some good cash on it. Wow. Uh, they've invested a ton of cash into it, and their expectation is it's going to be a game worth playing again and again. So, with the developing brain, they're getting goals set for them. They're getting a lot of stimulation and feedback. It's like Legos that never stop. The nice part about Legos is you either run out of finances or you run out of blocks mm. uh, and you kind of have to tear down and start again. That's not the case with Minecraft. It kind of has this never ending infinite scroll behavioral loop to it. Um, and you can constantly scratch that itch of, I need to feel good again. I need to feel good again, uh, whether storyline or survival mode or whatever you're doing. Uh, so I would talk through some of the actual tech side because what what he's running up against is a brain that I would, I would find out what he loves about it. Just have him talk about about it. I'm sure you may know some of what he loves about it and then help him kind of see like, these are things you do love and that's part of you. And here's some things that were programmed in that you're feeling all the, all the scintillation, right? It's just like a high sugar food. Like 
high sugar food once or twice at a party is not bad, but there are kids that are going to, that's my second boy or Henry is our four-year-old. He's a sugar monster, right? Uh, Give him a cookie. That kid will not stop talking about cookies for like 24 hours. So for him, right? Sugar's consumption is a thing. Like it impacts his attitude, his ability for like, look at that reset. And for Henry, that's a thing. So for him, we have to have the conversation like, no, you can't have dessert right now. Like this would be a bad choice for you. We love you. And you can go have this other food you enjoy which is usually like bacon or sausage for him, right? Mm. Uh, and so you can have this other thing that's that's equally good that you enjoy, but it's not going to tip the scales in your ability to be present and, and healthy um, because your son is going to need to get that modeled for him. He's going to need to know what he's looking at. Uh, a lot of games are made in unfair ways where they're not made for developing brains uh, and they basically are just hijacking them and pumping them full of a bunch of rewards and basically saying, hey, if you came back, we could give you more of that same stuff. Mm. Uh, And it builds this really unhealthy behavioral loop. Um, So with your son, I would have that conversation. Um, Minecraft is really hard because it it is like Legos, but it's so not like Legos. It's actually one of the more addictive games. I'm using addictive, not in the chemical way, but in the uh, behavioral loop way of you you're forming unhealthy habits so to clarify for anyone well bro after that explanation makes me want to throw the ipad in the middle of the highway even more but yeah (laughs) let me let me let me say this uh so that was just because that's your son i would say you look at the reset and you come to your son with how many he's eight he's going to be big enough to get that you put before him his purpose in christ you say son here's where your gifts are and you walk through like what are you interested in what are you passionate about what do you love to do and you and your wife can talk through like, what would this look like to give him analog alternatives to his gaming? What can we do that would line up with his passions, interests, and giftings that we can afford? We have the time, the space, the income to make happen. And that is available in our area. There's some kind of a, there's a teacher, there's a family member, there's a, a local specialist who we can connect him through, right? That kind of Venn diagram, I guess three part then, but the, at the center of those three are these activities that your son can get tied into. So I have a young man that I work with, this exact same situation, except he was a senior in high school. He was playing so much Minecraft, he started failing classes, so he quit playing and he started watching streamers. <laughs> and he's watched streamers so much that he literally, as a senior in high school, was sitting in class, eyes open. But he, he told me, he's like, I can literally watch the game being played. I'm like, like, you can remember it? He's like, no, like eyes open, I can see the screen. Oh, like it, it lays over what I'm watching. And I was like, dude, like, that's a, that's a for real thing. Like that's a medical condition. Oh, You're going to want to like lay off. Right. So we talked with him and his family and he was like, I want to finish this year strong. Like, I don't want this to be a thing for me. So prayerfully his family set up a plan where they were able to kind of put a, an, an emphasis on what he did love. And for him, that was a sport. He was really good at golf. He ended up going to college for golf and actually on his travel trips, not playing video games at that point, uh, because he realized he, he didn't have a buffer either. Uh, he was like, man, it's crazy to watch like how much time my friends are spending on their video games and their phones and their computers and just in travel. And we're not spending together. Um, and that was something that he kind of recognized and, and filed away. So I would say, there are all like I call them analog adventures, right? Those alternatives to tech that still tap in all the same things. I had a young man get into robotics because he was super into uh, video games about building and, and driving, right? And that it's still using tech, but it's I guess there's two types: there's tool tech and drool tech, right? The tool that we, the the tech we use to build and create and that uses our passions and giftings as tool, and the tech we use to consume isn't bad, but it's the, it's the one where all the scary stuff happens, um, is is drool. And I would, I would just help your son maybe see like, this is fine, but not if it's going to affect your kind of reset areas, uh, because that's then distracting you from who you've been created to be. So I would not throw out the iPad, (laughs) but I mean, I've had kids who, who start sneaking it and start lying to the parent, right? Like as soon as you see that escalation of like, we're not, we're not being who Christ has called us to be like, yeah, tech needs to go away for that kid. And Uh, he needs to get that space to recognize, like, where is my line between who I am and what I do of my own choice and what I'm being told to do because um, it's kind of getting, yeah, operant conditioned into me. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, man, we, uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time. I've got like 15 <laughs> more questions for you. Have, have you ever seen tech, like uh, drool tech? <laughs> I like that, yeah. that tool tech and drool tech. I'm going to steal that. All right. Have you ever, are there any like tools, drool tech tools, I guess, like non analog? Stuff that you're like, no, this is good. Like, I actually like, I don't mind this or this game, this screen, this app. I don't know. Is there something you found that's like, it's actually helpful yeah. in my parenting or tech yeah, journey? 
Absolutely. I mean, so one would be like Amazon Prime Video, uh, right? Like that's a huge part of my uh, my children's life. They have a lot of uh, a lot of shows they enjoy, so we have to manage. Uh, there are some shows that are fine for kids that make my kids crazy, but like, uh, what do they watch? Wild Kratts. Shout out mm-hmm. Wild Kratts, uh, which mm-hmm. is a an, it's part animated, part real, like show about animals. So uh, I love like Netflix, Amazon Prime is big for my family but you don't just let them watch anything. Content matters. Uh, I actually really do like video games. My six-year-old has already reminded me that I told him that when he's 10, he gets to play video games. Uh, (laughs) We were talking about leap years. We're like, hey, buddy, like, when's the next leap year? He's like, four years. I was like, how old will you be? 10. And I get to play video games. (laughs) I was like, it has been months. But again, he probably wrote (laughs) it down in his calendar. Uh, So (laughs) I, I actually like the older video games are usually the safer because they weren't designed by behavioral psychologists. Uh, so we're talking like original Nintendo stuff is a lower rate of uh, stimulation. They're a quicker uh, pace of, or I guess, time to beat. So they're usually three, 30 minutes to an hour to like beat the entire game kind of thing. Um, and they don't have a lot of the levels and prestige classes and kind of the the reward systems built in and ranking tiers and competitive multiplayer that drives some of the unhealthy behavior. So I actually do like older systems. Like and what? You, Tell me. I don't know anything about games. Tell me. Like just if, just like a original Nintendo, original Super Nintendo, intentional Nintendo. Like what? Uh, they they actually sell the 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 little mini version where they have the games previously downloaded onto it. Okay. Uh, so you can get a game uh, a console that has you know thirty to fifty games on it. Um, if you, if you're around garage sales in my area, you actually can find them if you're in that Northwest, uh, you're in Portland though. So like hipsters are probably holding onto those. Yeah, so, they got that. So uh, they got, they got that, that locked down. Um, you, you, yeah, I, there are ways to do it. I'm not going to give any suggestions that would be officially, uh, not above board, but there are ways that people program systems to run those. And, uh, I would just say those types of, <laughs> there are those types of games, um, and I would just kind of compare what you're viewing to that, not just does it look like that. It's not the 8-bit graphics that matter. It's the programming. Was the game designed to be fun or was it designed to be uh, habit-forming? And and that's, that's what we're that's, that's what we're really man. looking for. So That's really helpful. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I obviously, I use social media for work, but I don't use it for like pleasure because uh, I can't. Uh, <laughs> it's just not fun for me. Mm. I'm, I don't enjoy that process. So... I would say that those are ones I really like and, and uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I've yes. I would that's say helpful, man. No, that's helpful. Give me, so let's end with two things. Number one, just Fine. like let's, uh, we've made the point in a lot of ways, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly, but just for the guys listening, whether it's video games or whatever it is, fill in the blank, like just reiterate the point for us of like what all of our hearts are actually struggling with and the hope that we actually find in Jesus instead. So I want to yeah. hear that one more time from you in, in your words. And then finally, how do you guys get connect with you, connected with you? Because I know you've got probably a lot of resources that we didn't get to mention here. So yeah. let's get guys connected to what you got going and um, then we'll wrap up here, man. This is such yeah. good stuff, man. We, we'll yeah. probably have to have you back for part two. This is good. I would, I would love that. Yeah. And I, I know I'm, I'm trying, this is unfortunately me actually trying to be concise. So this is, uh, my, <laughs> my good. wife would That's probably good. be cringing right now. Um, I would just say it's, uh, when we look at our tech and we look at, or anything, but in the, in my kind of focus in ministry right now, it's this idea of gospel tech. We are looking at what are we looking to for hope? Because if we understood the gospel, which is the bad news that I'm a sinner, right. And the good news that God saves sinners, um, and if we were to just like drill down into that, we look at Ephesians 2, 1 and said, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, Ephesians 2, 4, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, right? Sent Jesus who paid the price for us so that we can have a renewed relationship with him. So that's the gospel. And out of that renewed relationship, I'm a new creation. I have a new heart, which means everything in my life should reflect that, including my tech use, right? Like, why am I using this technology? So with your son, he's eight, that why is going to be hard, but you're going to get to some of the son, I'm your dad. And I get to see the things that make you excited and that make you alive and that make you, you. And I see some of those go away when you're around this game or this friend or this, right? Like this activity. And I want to, I want to talk to you about that, right? Like we bring it back to the gospel and say, I'm not going to fix you. son. you're not a problem that I'm to fix because that makes me the savior. And it makes Jesus an option. Like, 
I am a broken dad who loves you and is going to point you to Jesus, your savior, so that you can be everything he's designed you to be. I don't want you to be any more than that and put your effort on it. And I don't want you to be any less because now you're giving something up. So uh, I think effort and distraction both get called out in the gospel and we go, all right, I'm going to love God. I'm going to use tech. And I'm going to make sure that my actions with my family, my actions in pursuing my own hope and joy are always going to be tethered to John 15, 5, the, that I am getting fruit because I'm connected to Jesus. It's not because I followed the rules well enough or I'm good enough or I have enough accountability software or any of that. Like we absolutely want to take right action, but we want to make sure it's stemming from what's already been done for us. Uh, uh, that, to end with this, one of my pastors, uh, Kyle Rogers, shout out here, um, said it this way. He's like, the gospel isn't a to-do. It's, it's not a list of things we check off. It's a ta-da. It's, it's a been done. And so it's out of a finished work of the gospel that we now act and that we love our wives and we serve our kids and we are on our mission calling, working whatever job we're in right now, because those aren't the things that give us our righteousness or our purpose. Jesus does. And so out of that, I can now love kids. I can repent. I can ask for a new heart and, and uh, to be made more like Jesus. So um, whatever your area is uh, for faithfulness, I pray that you are doing that um, faithfully and prayerfully uh, in service of where God has put you in this season. And if tech is an area for you and your family that uh, you would not operate out of fear. We are not simply trying to avoid the bad things of this world. We're specifically focused on the good thing of this world and then um, acting out of the strength that he gives us to do man, what good. we're called to do. That's good, man. Thank you for that reminder. Thank you for yeah. pointing us back to Jesus and man. the good news, man. Yeah. Uh, how do you guys get connected with you and All what right. you got going yeah, uh, so you can go to flintandiron.org, um, which is the idea of the sparking positive purpose in youth. You'll find some of our resources, parent resources, videos. You can email me at nathan at flintandiron.org. You can reach us on Instagram at flintandiron or on Facebook at sparking purpose. Uh, and we have a podcast, Gospel Tech, where we just kind of we try to do the more practical stuff, stuff that doesn't fit in workshops and uh, kind of the bigger things that we have to be concise, as you can see. It's a struggle for me. Uh, so the podcast lets me just kind of roll with like a, a topic that families write me and say, hey, what kind of resources should I be using for my kid? And I can kind of address that in like a half hour chunk rather than trying to cram it in three minutes and it comes off as glib or I don't know, law-based, right? It comes off as like, well, if yeah. you just did this or if you just knew what yeah. I knew, then it'd be fine. I'm like, no, no, let's do it. So those are kind of the other ways to connect. Go subscribe there, you guys. Uh, I'm going to subscribe as soon as we oh. hang up on this call and because uh, I need it, man, as you can tell. <laughs> dude, uh, it's, bro, yeah, it's yeah, real. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much, dude. This was so, so, so helpful. And uh, I'm already going to figure out how to get you back for part two and dive awesome. into more of this stuff. But thank you for taking the time. This is good stuff, man. Hey, Jared. Thanks for having me.